This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. The funny thing about getting older and becoming increasingly irrelevant is that people sometimes forget you're getting older and becoming increasingly irrelevant. And so uh, Pusha T's recent album, It's Almost Dry, was released probably the time you're hearing this about 10 or 12 or 14 days ago. And because I'm known for um, being into my rap music, uh, a lot of my law channels have had people being like, Peach, Peach, what do you think of Push? Shag, you text me to like, Peach, Peach, what do you think of Push? And my answer, of course, was, oh, it's really sick and cool because I want to maintain my image for, uh, you know, being, being, being a part of things and knowing what's going on. Of course, when I said that, I hadn't listened to it yet, apart from Diet Coke that came out a little while ago. And it led me to reflect on the degree to which we lose touch with things that were once our passions as we age and as we progress through life. And, Shag, that's led me to, um, you know, the broad theme, like one, one of the one of the sort of B one of the B storylines of our friendship, I think is probably Kanye, right? Bubbling along in the background. Um, you were in from the 2005 album, whichever one that was. I think it's graduate. Uh, no, that one's um, admission or whatever the second college one was. I was probably in from graduation about 2007. And over the years, you and I have defended Jesus uh, in any number of conversations, scores and scores of them. And recently you had a very uh, poetic moment of like, mm, this feels like a breakup. Kanye, sorry, you fucking, you got to go. And it's interesting because the Kanye breakup has led to a breakup with Scott Muscutty. And I was going to ask you, Gooey, what the position is and where we find ourselves in that. Because I think he's in, well, in fact, you're probably going to tell me actually, oh, fuck, that's the movie you're going to do today. How did you know? Oh, fuck. Full circle. How the oh, fuck shit. did you know? Oh, yes. Yes. I was just like, I'm so... Okay. This is yes, so crazy. Exactly. This is so crazy. I did want to talk about this because Scott Mascardi, yep. a.k.a. Kid Cudi, mm. is one of the, I guess, is, is, is part of the fallout of Kanye's polarizing behavior at the moment and a lot of people breaking up with him. Mm. Kid Cudi has always been... A ally of Kanye appeared, appeared on so many of his records. They they mm. put out like a, a like a uh, duet album yeah. together called Kids, Kids See, See Ghosts, Ghost. yeah, you know, yeah. which is actually a really good album. Yeah. So like, it's fine for me, just some guy in Sydney being like, "Oh, Kanye, <laughs> you finally done it." Kanye just does. <laughs> like, I am. That's not, it. Yeah, like, but but for Kid Cudi to actively be like, "Dude, you've done it. Like, I'm I'm, I'm over your behavior. Like, maybe maybe you'll get better in the future. But for now, like, we're done." I love that Kid Cudi has become the voice of reason in all this. And the fact that he's on this new Pusha T record on a song with Kanye. And before anyone was like, hey, what's going on? He puts out a tweet being like, look, we recorded that song a year ago. I only said yes because I love Push. He's my guy. But yeah, that's the last time you'll hear me and Kanye working together. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) 
That's how you do a breakup well. Kid Cudi yeah. is so emotionally like mature about it. I love it. I love it so much. And why is why is Jeremy not credited on that other track as well? The, the like the one about the past or whatever. I don't understand that. But but we're gonna have to talk about that album at considerable length in later weeks once I've properly listened. So it's right. it's crazy. It's crazy. <clears throat> that you wanted to mention that because I wanted to mention this too. Mm. And I love Kid Cudi, but there is one thing that I don't necessarily, and it's, look, I'm not saying this is his fault, but there's one mm. thing that I was a little bit upset in the film we're going to do today is the fact that we don't see his penis. And let me explain why, right? <laughs> let me, no, but let me explain why, right, right? Right? For a long time, women's bodies in film have been fair game. You're allowed to show mm-hmm. boobs, bums, like whatever. Um, yep but you're not allowed to show a, a penis, you know, mm. and you might show a bit of a male bum, but it was always like a laugh moment. It's like, oh, I can't believe we saw a dude's <laughs> bum, right? And yeah. I, I've, I've been quite heartened by the amount of penises we've seen on screen in the past sort of decade. It, 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 and I, I, like, I'm not talking about it even in like a sexualized way. I'm just saying like, it, it was a very patriarchal thing to be like, we're allowed to show. We're you allowed know, to gaze at you. To, to, you like, can't we're allowed the male gaze. We're not allowed, you know, the female gaze or any gaze yep. that's not a hetero male gaze, right? Yep. So I've been really heartened by that. So when I went into the cinema to watch this film, which is about a porn crew filming a pornographic film, including Kid Cudi, as one of the stars, I was I was mm. like, well, we're going to see Kid Cudi's dick. Like that's, you know, this is this is a twenty four. This is twenty twenty two. Of course, like you know, this is an R rated film. Of course, we're going to see his dick, and we mm. don't see his dick. And I'm not saying I wanted to see his dick specifically. I'm just saying it's kind of unfair that there are so many stars. Like you know, take Khaleesi from Game of Thrones, like one of the biggest stars of that series. And the fact that it had to be like, well, the world has to see me naked for me to be a star in this film. And yet we didn't have to see Jon Snow's dick. And it's it's just a little bit unfair. And I, I guess I'm a little bit disappointed that the trend continued with today's film, which we are doing today from 2022, A24's most recent horror film, simply titled X. Free the dick. Farmer's daughter, take one. I'm looking for a place to stay. Oh, yes, sir. That's one ugly song, bitch. And my wife, Pearl, is next door. So I would appreciate a little discretion. You don't know what we're doing, does he? Well, it's better to beg for forgiveness and ask for permission. Would you like to come inside? I want to be in the movie. Well, you can't. The story can't just change midway through. If Daddy catches us, there's no telling what he might do. My wife is not well. It happens after dark. Inside. What do you think is on it? I see one goddamn fucked up horror picture. 
Gilly, I think this is the second fun one in two weeks. I'm I'm having a great time. I'm deeply upset that we don't get to see Scott with Scotty's dick, but aside from that, <laughs> I'm amped up. You can just paint a picture for us, I'm sure. So we've talked before about how do you market a horror film. One of the things people do lately, i found, is to be like, for example, as they do with this film, it's the latest film from Ty West. I was like, I remember looking at that being like, look, I don't know who that is, but this is going to be fucking great. Like, my man, like, my man Ty never disappoints. <laughs> like, there is an element of that, I think, where, like, it's like, well, if you're prepared to go out on a limb to be like, guys, it's the latest fucking Ty, Ty West joint. You know, like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Wasn't there, like, a rap video clip director? What was his name? Was it Hype Williams? Oh, yeah, Hype Williams, yeah. It was like, guys, get ready for this video clip. <laughs> Directed. <laughs> it's so true. And especially in an age where people only read the headlines, you see mm. a video by Ty West. It's like, look, I'm not going to do any research. I assume he's a he's an important person. He's amazing. Good on him. <laughs> Good on him for taking a step out of his own. I also love in, in, in this is this is the second film that's meant to be in, you know, in rural America, but it was this one was filmed in New Zealand. Well, what Serbia was too full, like well, we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't go to the "Don't Breathe" too set to save some money. Yeah, okay, New Zealand, let's do it. All right. So, as I said before, this is the latest A twenty four horror film. Is mm. it, it does not disappoint. It definitely goes in a way in a direction I was not expecting. And I saw this by myself in the cinema, and I felt like yeah, okay. a little bit awkward buying a ticket yeah. by myself like a solo ticket and then you show know, me that dick i'm here by myself yeah, let's go yeah and you know how <laughs> you, nowadays you have to pick the seat you want to mm. buy in the cinema and i like to just sit up the back so i'm just sitting by myself in the corner up the back yeah, and i'm pretty yeah. sure as well this is true this is true there was like i'm pretty sure they were a thruple that was sitting in front of me and they were like what's that? What's like as in like 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 three people in a relationship because they were I like, I'm pretty sure, like, I, like I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they were doing like hand stuff in front of me. Like I'm, I'm the most vanilla person I think there's ever been. I'm like, what on earth are you even talking about? <laughs> anyway, okay. Do we deal with the line between pornography and horror as well? Like I find it interesting that they're two genres that just have not spoken to me as a audience member of like, I don't give a fuck about either. Um, and neither's had much of an impact on my life, and it's sort of it's interesting to me that 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 I that I like I do sort of wonder if you know pushing to what we might call a specific response from your audience rather than a mass crowd pleasing type response is like leads to a genre of art that's more like niche. I don't know. Like I imagine we grapple with that deeply and come to an answer in this film. Well, I, I think this does. This film actually does raise some interesting questions whether or not about the actual medium of Mm. like and and again obviously you know 70s pornography when you still had to have a film camera and like a script and all of those things Mm. right and honestly after watching this film i was like i reckon the next genre that's going to be a 24 or 5 like now that's happened with horror and horror is cool and horror has like nice like i think we're going to start seeing 70s style big budget porno films released by a 24 within the next 10 years i guarantee oh okay like literally i I think that's going to happen i think that's i think that's the next stage of culture that's going to happen after after what what we've seen with horror but but anyway what this film does actually grapple with is sexuality Mm. and in particular ageism in sexuality 
Interesting. Especially sexuality on screen and ageism and sexuality on screen, which is not where I expected it to go at all. This Again, this is another okay. film like last week where it's like, you just, you think you know, you don't know. All you know is Kid Cudi's penis is not going to appear. And I'm and really the old sorry. lady's a ghost. I get it. She's a ghost. <laughs> anyway, so, all right. In 1979, aspiring pornographic actress Maxine Minx embarks on a road trip through Texas with her producer boyfriend Wayne, fellow actors Bobby Lynn and Jackson Hole, director RJ. and Jackson R- Hole, great name good for name. a porn actor. And, yeah. and then director RJ and RJ's... Uh, seemingly prudish girlfriend Lorraine to shoot an adult film for the booming theatrical pornography market. So they're all in this van. They're basically like um, uh, Wayne is the producer and sort of like the leader and he's basically like, this is going to make us all superstars. We just need to find this house. We'll shoot this film and everyone's going to love it and, you know, we won't have to worry about living paycheck to paycheck anymore. This is the Matthew McConaughey impression character. Yes. Yeah. Now, before this happens, it's not in the Wikipedia synopsis, but the film Mm. starts with a sheriff showing up Mm. to a farmhouse and it says something like, this is only like 24 hours in the future, where there's just blood and dead bodies everywhere. There's just carnage everywhere. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. And his deputy comes up to the sheriff and he's like, Sheriff, what do you think's happened here? And the sheriff's like, how the fuck should I know? <laughs> like, it's actually really... I'm just a sheriff. The sheriff's just yeah. like, what? Like, the sheriff's like, I'm not like, I don't know. This is awful. Like, it's fucked. <laughs> and then we start the film. So just that's how the that's how X actually begins. Yeah, nice. So we get some good foreshadowing. Now, Bobby Lynn and Jackson strike up a romance while Lorraine is unimpressed with the film's content and RJ's attempt to make it seem like a serious cinematic piece. The group arrives at the farm of Howard and Pearl, an elderly couple in whose guest house the group intends to shoot the film, The Farmer's Daughters. Howard is temperamental towards the group, brandishing a shotgun while Pearl silently stalks Maxine. As filming commences without Howard's knowledge, Maxine is invited inside the couple's home by Pearl where they have a conversation. Pearl laments her age, expresses jealousy for Maxine's youth and makes a sexual advance towards her. Okay. There's a lot happens. I'm just going to go with Wikipedia synopsis here. Yeah, yeah, all right. Cool, cool. She later watches through the window uh, the film being filmed in which Maxine is having sex with Jackson and is aroused. This is Pearl. Pearl pleads with Howard to have sex with her, but he refuses, claiming his heart is too weak. So Pearl pleads with her, goes back to the house and is like, hey, like, why don't we just have sex like we used to? And Howard's like, you know what's going to happen. I'm going to have a heart attack. Like, I, I, I can't handle this anymore. Oh, so they're like having sex very regularly. Yeah, and they can't anymore. And they didn't like they didn't know what was going to happen. But now this porno is being filmed on their house and it's just a little bit too much for Pearl. Yeah, okay. It's making it too randy. It's like an Austin Powers film. I it is. It is. <laughs> Do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> no, it is. I mean, it's set like it's set in the seventies. It's this is this film is basically Austin Powers for. <laughs> That's a real mic check. It's good. Night falls and the film crew relax in their farmhouse. Lorraine, keen to shed her reputation as a prude and intrigued by the film, asks to participate in the shoot, which upsets RJ because the whole time RJ is like, this film's going to be art and it's fine that we're doing it. But then as soon as his girlfriend's like, I want to be in it, he's like, you can't be in it. This is filth. And... Uh, And and RJ has this really great scene with Wayne where 
where RJ's like, I can't let my girlfriend be in the film. And Wayne's like, why not? Like, you're shooting the film. What's like, what's the difference? And he's mm. like, and basically Wayne calls him on his bullshit. And he's also like, here's what I know about people. You tell them not to do something and they'll do it anyway, but they'll resent you for it. Yep. And it, it's just like, it, it, it's, there's these moments of just like really cool sex positivity in this film that shine through the gore and the weirdness and the fucked up plot. Eventually, RJ, RJ agrees to shoot a scene between Lorraine and Jackson, but we then see him later crying in the shower and he becomes so furious over her apparent unfaithfulness, even though it, it, like, it, it's not quite that. Um, yeah. He attempts to leave while the others sleep and he's like, well, fucking fine. Like, deal. Like, I'll just take everything and go. You can just do this without me. Like, he's, he's basically a massive baby. Um, oh, as he's driving out, at, like, in the middle of the night, he sees Pearl just sort of standing scarily in a nightgown in front of the car. And so he gets out of the car and he's like, hey, lady, you've got to move. Pearl then attempts to seduce him. RJ is like, gross, you're an old lady. I wouldn't do oh, that, okay. right? Like, you know, yeah. like it's very much like how dare old people want to have sex Yes, is, is their view. And so then in in the light of the headlights... Pearl then stabs him to death violently, like over and over again in the face, in the eyes, in the neck, to the point where blood splatters on the headlights and the death scene is then shrouded in red. Like, it's this beautiful scene. And then at that point, they start playing Don't Fear the Reaper, which I want to take a side note to say, we often start this show by talking about songs that you're loving. I Mm. recently realised that... I definitely have like a top 10 songs of all time. I couldn't name them to you off the top of my head, but Don't Fear the Reaper is in one of them. And I think to qualify to be in your like top 10 of all time, it has to be a song that connects with you on some deep level, number one. But number two, anytime you hear it, you want to put it on repeat. And not only do you not get sick of it, you then want to hear it again and again, no matter how many times you hear it. And Don't Fear the Reaper is one of those songs for me. And for me, I think it's one of the most profound songs. And uh, like, I, I think it's kind of, it, it like maybe I'm wrong here, but I think it's only very like surface level used by horror films to be like, ah, Don't Fear the Reaper and it's the 70s. But actually, Don't Fear the Reaper is a song where it's like, hey, don't fear death, embrace death. Seize the day. Right? And we've talked about it before where it's like, I have this thing in me where I think that when death happens, I'm going to be fine with it. And I've been been ruminating on that lately. And I think, and Mm. I've talked to other people who are like this, all my life I've felt like death is like around the corner. And not in a, not in a, and I am not minimizing, this is not suicidal ideation. Yeah. I'm not minimizing that experience at all. I'm just saying yeah. like, I've always just kind of was like, like death's right there. <laughs> and so don't fear the Reaper really speaks to me to have a film that's not only like, hey, don't worry about death. Death happens to everyone. And actually when we die, we're going to be able to fly. So come on, baby, don't fear the Reaper. <laughs> Take my uh-huh. hand, baby, I'm your man. It's like... Oh, so to hear that, to, so for this film, and keep in mind, this is this is A24, so this is not like your everyday slasher. We're like halfway through this film. We have gone Magic. through almost an hour of like interesting sexual politics of the 70s before yeah. all of a sudden this old lady who was rebuffed by this man because she was too old decides to stab the shit out of him because she's jealous of his youth and his sexuality. <laughs> Insane, right? Magic. All right. So 
Lorraine and Wayne notice RJ is missing and go searching. Wayne mm. is then killed when he's in the farmhouse but looks outside the farmhouse, at which point Pearl stabs him through the eye holes with a pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross. Lorraine is then invited into the couple's house by Howard, who claims Pearl is missing, and asks Lorraine to retrieve a flashlight from the basement. When she does, Lorraine discovers the rotting corpse of a missing man hanging from the ceiling and attempts to flee, but finds she's been locked in by Howard. So now we know that Howard's in on this as well. But he's not in on it. It's just like he realises that this is what Pearl does. Howard approaches the guest house and asks Jackson to help him locate Pearl. Jackson finds a submerged car in a pond behind the house before Howard shoots him dead, revealing himself to be complicit in Pearl's violent tendencies. Meanwhile, Pearl enters the guest house and climbs into Maxine's bed naked just to, like, be close to her. Maxine awakens and screams and is like, what the fuck are you doing here? With Bobby Lynn witnessing Pearl fleeing the house. In the farmhouse, Lorraine uses a hatchet to break through the panel in the basement door, but Howard comes back in, bludgeons her with the back of a gun, breaking her finger, and forces her back inside. Bob, Bobby, I know there's a lot going on, but yeah. Bobby Lynn follows Pearl outside to the nearby lake house and tries to guide her away from the water, because at this point, most of them don't realise what's happening. Pearl angrily accuses Bobby Lynn of being a whore before pushing her into a lake where she's devoured by an alligator. <laughs> Maxine sees those ticks and alligators. So Maxine sees Pearl and Howard return to the guest house and hides under the bed. The elderly couple discuss the murders before having sex on top of the bed. Uh, at which point she's able to escape. Armed with a pistol from the glove box, Maxine enters the farmhouse and frees Lorraine, who angrily blames Maxine for what has happened. Lorraine panics and runs out the front door, only to be fatally shot by Howard. As Howard and Pearl begin moving the bodies, intent on framing the crew as intruders, a dying Lorraine startles Howard, who has a heart attack and dies. (laughs) Maxine retrieves the keys to Howard and Pearl's truck and attempts to shoot Pearl, only to discover her pistol is unloaded. Pearl tries to shoot Maxine. However, she misses. The force from the shotgun blast knocks her out of the house and breaks her hip. As Pearl lies injured oh, outside, this, this is thrilling. Right? Yeah, as Pearl lies sorry, injured yeah. outside, she begs Maxine for help. Maxine refuses, and as Pearl berates her again for just like being a whore and how dare she, and like she used to be young too, and blah blah blah. Maxine runs over her with the truck, crushing her head. Maxine drives away from the farm. The next morning, the police arrive at the house to retrieve the bodies. It is revealed that Maxine is the daughter of a conservative Christian preacher whose speeches are frequently playing on Pearl and Howard's television. The police discover RJ's camera and the deputy's like, what do you think you're going to find on this this camera? And the sheriff's like, I reckon it's going to be one fucked up horror movie. And then that's the end of X. Oh, God, okay. (laughs) Like... It, it sort of like speeds speeds to a like thrilling conclusion. Like, like it gets big. I like that it's not supernatural. To be fair, it is. Mm. This is Wikipedia, so there's a lot of okay. things going on, right? So <clears throat> obviously, there's a bit of a cat and mouse in the fact that we realise before the rest of the protagonists that the old couple are the bad guys. Mm. So there's a bit of cat and mouse happening there. 
And the, 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 I guess how often they do this and why they do it and, you know, other motives really just that she misses her youth and she resents young people being able to have sex like she used to. Like, I, like it's not really resolved, but yes, uh, mm. I, I think Wikipedia maybe takes a little bit of the spice out of it. But you get, <laughs> you get the gist of X. Yeah, and tonally it looks pretty magic. It looked like it was a fully conceived... Um, peace. We're in the universe. We're having a great time in New Zealand slash Serbia slash Texas and really, really sort of getting into it. But I guess my point is, my point from the beginning is, even though it's still very much a comment on a lot of things in a period piece, <clears> there are a lot of male gazy shots of every, like pretty much every woman in this film you see naked. Yes. And it just, it just feels like a missed opportunity for Kid Cudi to also just reveal himself as well and show that it's just nudity it's not about the male gaze it's not about sexualized bodies more penises in cinema um but 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 there already is more kid cutty penis look i don't know what my point is but you get it anyway i'm excited to see it look he's not hanging out with kanye he's not <laughs> he's not out in wisconsin or wherever it is oh god thank god <laughs> just get your dick out <laughs> let's see it Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?